0: Well, guys, I am back out on the back porch studio. I say out because I'm not in something. I'm out on something. So the back porch studio, and I love the back porch studio. Unfortunately, today, there is some noisy children out here. A few of them are my own. One is a neighbor, and they are uh, yelling and screaming and hiding balls and things. They're like playing hide and go seek with these little rubber golf balls and little basketballs and stuff. So uh, if you hear yelling in the background, that's probably our neighbor, Sophia, and my son, Levi, and probably not Marcus, but you know, you never know. My wife is over here. She's spray painting something. So I'm getting blasted with the stench of spray paint and it's just it's all over the place out here today but we love it you can hear the birds in the background it's wonderful so today was a good day i am recording this on saturday but this episode is going to be coming out on a friday so uh, today my son and myself went out and did a bunch of shrub trimming we got a lot done and it was really profitable it was great we also did an aeration and uh, my son Marcus was able to take the mower and use the pull behind aerator to aerate this particular lawn. And that was his first time doing that, so he enjoyed learning how to do that, and it was just a lot of great fun. So it was hard work. I hate trimming shrubs, but it's it's a great way to make extra money, and uh, I have a few bigger properties with lots of shrubs, and so uh, those need to be trimmed, and we are attempting to pay off our camper this year, which we do plan on doing. Our our math works out to be to have it paid off by the end of the year, uh, so that's awesome. We're going to do that and uh, free up some of that money, which we are on this debt-free journey. We're not there yet, uh, but we're getting close. We're getting close. We got to pay off the camper, and then the truck is paid for by the business, but I'd like to get that paid for before we actually declare ourselves debt-free except for the house. So that's the goal. It's going to be a long journey still, uh, because, uh, the truck is basically brand new. I bought it last year in the spring and it's only got s- almost 18,000 miles on it. So it's basically brand new, haven't even broken it in yet. And so it, it's, it, It's going to be a great feeling once we get that that truck paid off. Um, I'm also saving for new equipment, so I've got to get uh, my Toro Multiforce. It's got almost 2,000 hours on it, and so we are going to be really uh, cutting it close here. Things are going to start to break down, things like that, uh, over the next 1,000 hours but I hope to run this mower into the ground. I don't plan on uh, having anything to trade in on this mower. I want to use it until it's done. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe I might be able to sell it for like, I don't know, a thousand bucks or something, but I really want to run it into the ground, use up all its usability. And so that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to take a quick second here and talk to these children, and then I'll be right back. Okay, so I had to talk to these children. They were yelling, and I'm sure you heard it. Uh, Sophia is uh, very small, very petite. Uh, she's like, I don't know, how old is Sophia? She's like five. She is very loud. <laughs> and so she, uh, she's wonderful. She's a great kid. Uh, we like having her in the backyard. Uh, We have swings and she comes over and swings and all that stuff. But anyway, back to the podcast. So today I am starting a new series in my podcast. Um, A lot of you know that uh, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. And so today, I am starting a new series. Hopefully, I can keep it going. I'm very busy, but I really want to keep this one going. Um, I want to call it Faith Fridays. And I'm basically just going to take a book of the Bible, and we're just going to kind of read through it, talk about it a little bit, and uh, kind of study through it. And hopefully, I'm going to be able to get some guests on here that I can talk with about this stuff and, uh, you know, just study The word together. So whenever you listen to this, if you have it available, you can grab your Bible and read along. So this is the First Faith Friday. I am going to, I guess, enter this podcast into the Lawn Care Brothers Unite challenge that I am a part of. Uh, That's what the L C B U thing is that you see in the title of some of these podcasts. Uh, that's the lawn care brothers unite challenge, which is doing as much podcasting as we can do until, uh, the equip expo, which I despise that name, but anyway, doesn't matter. So, uh, we are in Philippians. I decided since I'm reading through Philippians right now, uh, On my personal time, I thought we would uh, read through it together and uh, talk a little bit about it. Now, I am not a Bible scholar. I don't uh, claim to be. I don't claim to have all the answers. In fact, I claim to have very few answers. But when you read the Bible, you can just take it at its word. You can take it at its face value and then you can go back and you can run through it a little deeper and deeper and deeper. That's why you hear of people reading through the Bible every year and it never gets old. The Bible just never gets old. You're always finding something new that you never saw before. It's, it's really interesting, really unique. Uh, the Bible is a very unique book in that way. Uh, People like Joe Rogan have talked about the Bible and how, you know, he doesn't believe that the Bible is the word of God. Uh, What Joe Rogan doesn't understand is that the Bible is not one book. The Bible is 66 books written by, I can't remember how many authors, but a lot of authors and over a span of thousands of years these people did not know each other. Most of them. Some of them did. Like some of the New Testament writers, some of them knew each other. Most of them, most of the writers in the Bible did not know each other. And for the Bible to be able to go from beginning to end and be one consistent story all the way through By 66 different authors over the span of thousands of years is remarkable. And so for people that don't understand that the Bible is a continuous story that has been dropped and picked up by different authors is, and and it's consistent. There are the prophetic books where they, they prophesy the coming of Christ and then Christ comes and fulfills all those prophecies. And they are hundreds, if not thousands of years apart, the coming of Christ and the prophets. So you, you have to be able to, to know that the Bible is actually the word of God. If you don't believe that, you might as well throw the whole book out and not read any of it. Because to understand the Bible as I understand it, and to believe the words that are written in it, it all has to be true or it all has to be false. That's the way the Bible is written from beginning to end. If the beginning is false, you might as well throw out the entire Bible because that makes, that makes God out to be a liar. And so you have to take the Bible as a whole. You cannot split it up and pick pieces that you don't like. You have to take it as a whole. So, I say all that as just a, an opening to this series, but um, the book of Philippians was written by Paul, the Apostle Paul, and uh, he was he wrote a lot of the New Testament, not all of it, but a lot of it, uh, and most of those books that he read or letters that he read or wrote uh, were from prison. And the book of Philippians was one of those letters that he wrote to the people of Philippi or the church at Philippi, and uh, he was in prison. Now there's some debate on where and why Paul was in prison at that time. Clearly it was for preaching the word of preaching Christ. Um, so that is why he's in prison, but you're going to notice that as we start reading. So how I'm going to do the the Bible reading in this series, I figure I might as well just read it and then we'll go back. Uh, At my church, we do Sunday school and we have an adult Sunday school class. And the way we do it is we basically do it like we, it's called expository teaching or, I mean, there's expository preaching and there's expository teaching, basically the same thing. So what that means is you take the Bible verse by verse and you break the verses, you break each verse down. Uh, Now, I'm not going to be able to because I am limited in knowledge, but we are going to read the entire passage and then we're going to go back and talk about verse by verse. I have a commentary here that is very reliable. Um, we use it at church a lot. Um, it is by who's it written by? It's written by William McDonald, and I'm sure it's he does a lot of quotations from other authors and things like that. So um, he's done a lot of research. It's it's been around for a very long time, so it, it can be counted on. Um, I am, but I, I want to preface do your own homework. Okay. Don't take anything that I say as fact, do your own homework, do your own studying. You should be anyway. But if, if you don't have that kind of time right now, let this be your study. Okay. Just listen in. Let's do this together. If you can grab your Bible and let's sit down and do this together. Um, Because it is so important, guys. It really is. I find that if I don't read my Bible on the daily, and I'm not talking about a verse of the day. I think that's cheesy, it's cheap, and it takes the Bible out of context. And it takes no effort on anyone's part to to consume a verse of the day. It's just a verse that is out of context from the Bible, and you can make it say whatever you want it to say. I am not a fan of like the Bible app or any of these apps that send you a verse of the day because it takes the verse out of context. And when you take the Bible out of context, you can make it say whatever you want it to say. And so I, I am not a fan of the verse of the day thing or uh, anything like that, you know, you know, quoted verses or whatever. You can quote a verse and it I mean, heck, Satan, as in the Bible, Satan has quoted scripture. So, I mean, it can be used to to uh, further the kingdom or destroy the kingdom uh, because you can take it out of context. So, all right, I beat that horse. All right, let's start. Philippians chapter one, verse one. I'm just going to read. I'm not going to tell you when I'm in a new verse. Um, We're going to read through the entire chapter here, and then we're going to go back, all right? I might need to take a break in here and get a drink of water or whatever, but uh, I'm excited about this. So let's hit it. All right. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, not knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains but what does it but what does it matter the important thing is that in every way whether from false motives or true Christ is preached and because of this I rejoice Yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of your, all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now here that I still have. And that concludes chapter one of Philippians. So now we're going to go back to uh, verse one, kind of that first block of verses, verse one and two. All right. So verse one, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. So Paul always opens his book letters saying who it is. Um, So that's a very uh, like Paul to do that. So it's Paul and Timothy. So they're both together and uh, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons. So what Paul is saying here is that they're unified. That's basically what Paul is saying. All right. So verse two, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, that is very like Paul to say grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He always seems to say that. All right. Uh, it's, it's just a, his normal greeting, I guess. So let's move on. Verse three. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. Uh, Sorry, my microphone gets in the way and I can't see what I'm reading here. Uh, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, excuse me, that he who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So what Paul is saying is here is from the day that the gospel was brought to the church at Philippi, to the people of Philippi, um, until the day Christ Jesus returns, um, if you want to say Armageddon, whatever, until Christ returns again, um, that, uh, what does he say here? That they're going to be partners and that he's confident of this, that he, that God who began a good work in them, in Philippi, will carry it on to completion. So um, I think what Paul is talking about there is the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Uh sanctification happens over time. It does not happen at salvation. When you decide that you want to follow Christ, that it is a process. And part of that process is reading the Bible daily. I I firmly believe that. I didn't always believe that, but I believe that today to be very, very true. All right, let's keep going here. Verse seven. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. Paul has a deep love for all the churches, especially the churches that he planted. He has a very deep love for them. Even the churches like the Corinthians, who are you know, they are doing things that are not proper. And Paul calls them out for that. Uh, He still has a very deep love for all these people and all these churches, uh, because they're like his children. I mean, he, he does say that I believe it is in one of the Corinthian books. There's first, first and second Corinthians. So, um, he, I believe he says it in one of those two books there, but, um, let's keep going here. Uh, verse 7 again it is right for me to feel this way about you all since i have you in my heart for whether i am in chains or in prison or defending and confirming the gospel sorry i'm i'm trying to read and my microphone's in the way um let's see here sorry i got lost again this microphone is right in the way um whether i am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. So they're un- again, he's talking about unity. They're unified. Paul knows this church. He knows that they believe what he believes, and he is uh, feeling united with them. And that's basically what he is saying there. Uh, verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. As I said before, he's got a deep love for all these churches, but he he feels a deep connection with the with the Philippians here, and uh, that's and you will you will see that as we read through the rest of this book, it is uh it is very apparent that he has a deep love for this church. Verse nine, and this is my prayer, that you that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So what Paul is saying there is that, um, he prays for this church daily, that they're gonna, they're gonna grow in love with each other. They're gonna grow in love with Christ and that, um, they would stay pure and blameless until Christ's return. And uh, he prays that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, or with uh, the fruit of the Spirit, rather. Um, not just with righteousness, I believe he's meaning more uh, the fruit of the Spirit there, uh, because Paul does talk about that in, in other letters to different churches. Uh, Paul's chains advance the gospel. Uh, so verse 12, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Isn't that the truth? When we go through some sort of persecution or the church goes through persecution, uh, like the church in China, all right? The church in China is underground. They, they have a state church, but um, it's very neutered the church in china the the state ch- church in china is very neutered so they have to be underground and the church in china is growing by the millions and these are like these are solid churches these aren't like charismatic and i'm i'm not downing charismatic or anyone's theology but i'm i'm saying it's not like uh, they they're they're solid These are solid Christians. These are solid Christ followers because they have gone through such persecution. And that's how the church is growing like wildfire in China today, is because they are being persecuted. And so this is evident in today's world. Uh, So verse 12 again, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel as a result, verse 13, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard. So all the guards, all the prison guards, and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. So just like if you were in prison today, all the guards would know that you're in prison because of Jesus Christ. You're there for because of your faith. There in Canada, over the lockdowns in Canada, some there were some churches that felt that it was commanded by God's word that churches should still meet together, that churches should not give up meeting together. And it wasn't just that, it was the data that these churches had. So a pastor actually was sent to jail, a couple pastors, but one in particular was sent to jail all the guards and all the prisoners knew that he was a pastor and that he was there for the the cause for Christ. And he was able to be a light in the prison. He he told a story of inmates coming to him, asking for prayer and, and wanting to uh, read the Bible with him. So that's pretty cool. That That's really cool. And we see that here again with Paul. Uh, verse 13 again. As a result, it has come become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Verse 14. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. So, because Paul is in chains, he's in prison. It caused the rest, of many of the other brothers in the church, to be fearless and preach God's word. They, they gained courage from that. That is awesome. That is something that I wish our world had today, but we, we turn more to mega churches and we, we turn to the attitude of let someone else do it. I'm not a pastor. Let him do it. He's a pastor. That's not the attitude we should have. We are all ministers of Christ if we believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, It's not just up to the pastor. So we all need to be spreading the word of God. Verse 15, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. Verse 16, the latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. So he's saying that there's a lot of people that are preaching the gospel out of love. You know, they want people to come to Christ, but there's others that are proud. They want, they want attention. And we see that today. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. You know, there are some of these uh, TV preachers that I, I just think are absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, I, I'm not going to name names, but I probably should, but I'm not going to. Um, It's just ridiculous. So let's go on to verse 16. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. 17. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. Verse 18. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way whether from false motives or true Christ is preached and because of this I rejoice. Now, I read this this week and uh I was brought I was I was kind of taken aback by this because uh it it was it, I I've seen a lot of of YouTube pastors or whatever calling out some false teachers. Um and I agree, they're preaching a false gospel um, and or not the full gospel. And so I, I want to clarify something here that as long as people are are um, are preaching the full gospel, I have no problem with that. whether they're selfish, um, greedy, whatever, as long as they are preaching the full gospel, Jesus Christ, you know, crucified, risen from the dead, for the salvation of sins, uh, for the sanctification of people. um, I don't have a problem with that at all. It's when they start preaching a false gospel that 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 gets hairy. And Paul doesn't really bring that up here, so it's not super clear. But I I do believe that that is what he is saying here, is that uh, these people— while they are they are being selfish, they're not sincere. They are still preaching the full gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is why he can say that um, while they have false motives, um, or whether their motives are true, Christ is preached, and because of that, that's great. So I I, I can't really argue with that. Um, I tried to, when I first read it, I was like, wait, what a wait a minute. I don't know if that's right. I, I, but yeah, it's right. As long as they're not preaching a false gospel and they're preaching, preaching Christ crucified, uh, ra- risen again from the dead. And he's coming back. Uh, yeah, I think, I think as long as they're doing that, if I mean, it's gross, it's gross that people that pastors have selfish ambition you know they they aren't sincere that's kind of gross but Christ is being preached and that is the goal uh, so people are being saved through that and that's that's what we want right that's what we want all right uh, let's go on here verse 18 is a long one so that was uh, verse 18 we'll say that 18a. Let's go to 18b. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. So Paul is rejoicing over the preaching of the gospel. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He is confident that Jesus Christ will deliver him from prison. And uh, I think we can all be confident of that. Whether Paul actually gets out of prison or not, Doesn't really matter to Paul. He knows he's going to be delivered one way or another. And we see that later on. Verse 20: I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Man, that is such a hard attitude to have. I find myself like, When I'm out mowing in the heat, it's just like, oh, this sucks so bad. Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm drained and I just, I'm sluggish. But Paul, I mean, Paul endured beatings. He was tarred and feathered. He was, he was shipwrecked three times. He was beaten within an inch of his life three times. I mean, it's crazy. Paul's story is crazy. And Paul used to persecute the church before he was Paul. His name was Saul and he used to persecute the church. He would kill church people. That was Paul. So um, now he is being beaten and persecuted for preaching the gospel. His life was changed by Jesus Christ. And now he is preaching the gospel and he is suffering what he inflicted on others and You know, he is, he's okay with that uh, because he knows that Christ will be exalted in his body through his pain. Um, Let's move on. Verse 21. uh, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Isn't that the truth? I mean, this world could pass away. There's not much that i care to hang on to in this world i mean i love my family and i want to hang on to them but um if i died today to be in heaven would be gain you know Um, and, and that's hard to think about because in my heart in my flesh i love this world i do i love my family i love people i i love the things that i do but to be with christ would be so much better right to to be with the saints in in the glory of Jesus Christ and God i mean that that's unbe- that would be unbelievable so i mean to live is christ and to die is gain that's that's a very popular verse that a lot of people like to quote and uh it's true it's true man verse 22 if I am to go on living in in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me yet what shall I choose? I do not know. So Paul is is he's he's conflicted here. he wants to die. I, I believe that's what he's saying here is it would be oh it'd be a blessing to die because he's suffering here. he's suffering. Prison in Bible times was not pleasant. They didn't have TV. They didn't have nothing. They were locked. They were locked in. And I mean, it was miserable. It was no fun. I mean, that's what prison is supposed to be is no fun. You know, there was no, it was, it was, it wasn't solitary confinement. They were confined to, to, a, to, a like a little shed type thing, two to a cell, we'll say, and they were chained together, locked together in yokes. Uh, if you don't know what a yoke is, um, you can look it up online. Uh, try typing in prison yoke. Um, it, I'm telling you, it was miserable. You went to the bathroom there. That's where you went to the bathroom. That was it. You were there. You didn't get out. You were there. And so uh, it, it was painful and miserable. And so for Paul, here, he would much rather die. <laughs> I can, I can, uh, I, I'm almost certain of that. But he says he's torn. Verse 23, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you, the the church at Philippi, that I remain in the body, that I remain alive. Verse 25, convinced of this I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. He he wants to see their joy overflow. Because once Paul gets out of prison there will be much rejoicing. Uh, If you think about, you know, like a family member who was on death's door and they come back there, there's much rejoicing and happiness in that. And this is basically what that would be. If Paul was to get out of prison, it would be, it would be a party and, and they would, they would, uh, they would glorify Christ for that, not Paul. Uh, I think you guys can probably hear a train in the background. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to keep going because my voice is louder than the train. Okay. So 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Don't do anything stupid is what Paul is saying here. Uh, Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit contending as one man. For the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, man, can can you imagine if the church had the faith and the spirit of contending for the gospel as one man? That would be amazing. Can you imagine the the uh, the hope and the joy? that believers would bring to people because they were they were united i mean we have all these denominations around the world and there are some denominations have very minor differences some denominations have very big differences and we are not united as a church as a whole and um Man, what a blessing it would be if we could contend for the gospel, even if we just, we parse out the gospel from everything else and just do that as one, you know, as one man, just preach the gospel as one man. That would be amazing. But we can't do that as a church. We have flaws. We're humans. Let's be honest. We're humans. We have flaws, but that would be just, that would be awesome if we could do that. All right, let's go on. Verse 29. Uh, Actually, let's go back to 28. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, having courage to stand up and share your faith. That would be, I mean, I I get scared when I share my faith. This is even, uh, you know, kind of nerve wracking. And I'm here all by myself. So, I mean, you're listening, but, you know, you know what I mean. You get it. All right. This is a sign to them, to the world that they will be destroyed okay but that you will be saved and that and that by God and that by God so it, it being unified is convicting to the world that's what Paul is saying here it 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 causes people the world people that are not believers to question and, and to to realize that, oh, man, these people are unified. I want what they have. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy what unity in the body of Christ can do. When it's working together as one body, as one unit. There's, there's the mouth, there's the head, there's the arms, there's the hands, there's the feet. I mean, gosh, somebody's got to be the liver, right? Somebody's got to got to, um, you know, filter out all the junk that comes, comes at the church. Uh, I got to say the church doesn't have very good filters these days. It really doesn't. Uh, we got to be on our guard church. We got to be on our guard and we got to know what our Bible says. That's something that really frustrates me is that many of these churches and a lot of people, that's why I'm doing this type of podcast on a, on a mowing podcast is because, I'm sorry, but believers don't know their Bible. Church people that claim to be followers of Christ, they don't know their Bible. They haven't read it. They haven't cracked it in three years. They don't know it. And I used to be that guy. I'm not blaming anyone or shaming anyone. That used to be me. I didn't know my Bible. And you got to spend time in it. This is the only, the Bible is the only way that you're going to get to know the person that you believe in or claim to believe in. And and once you start reading it, you might find out, oh, I don't really believe in this guy. This is hard. Some of the stuff that Christ says is hard. It's hard. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, sometimes being a Christian really sucks. You know, it really does. It's hard. And we got we to gotta know the word. So it, it's, that's why I'm doing this podcast, the, the Faith Friday, is because as many people in the church, the church does not, as a whole, most do not know the word of God. They don't know what it says. They know a few verses, but that's it. They don't know it. They they don't study it. They don't don't even read it. And and where would the church be if we would just do that? It would be amazing. All right, let's go on. Let's finish this chapter up. Uh, Verse 29, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So Paul's saying, you're suffering with me for Christ. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, you don't just believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Did you know that? Did you know that we we are called to suffer for Christ? Yeah. Yeah. It says it right there. Black and white. At least my Bible, is black and white. I don't know what color your Bible is, but um, and it, it, that's just amazing. That's something that I didn't pick up on before. Um, and that's that's kind of why I do this podcast uh, or I'm doing this podcast since this is the first one. Guys, that concludes the first kind of study. Um, I would really encourage you to to go back and read it again, grab a commentary, um, order, order the William McDonald believers, Bible commentary on, on Amazon. Get that. It's a big book. It's heavy. It's got well over 2000 pages in it. Uh, read through that as you read through the chapter, Uh, study it, underline in your Bible, write things down in there. I, I write in, I didn't used to write in my Bible, but I, I started, uh, maybe two years ago to start writing in my Bible. The reason being, and, and underlining is because when I die, I want to be able to pass this Bible on to my family and they can look at it and see what was stood out to me, what my thoughts were on a certain passage. And they can have that. And, and I can, my thoughts, and and desires for them and for for getting closer to God, uh, could impact them. So, that's that that's just one of the reasons that I write things down in the Bible and underline things. I also do it so that I things that really stood out to me before, catch my eye when I'm reading through it again, and uh, I can really think about it and ponder it. So, guys, I would I really encourage you, read a chapter a day. of the Bible. Take a book of the Bible. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't care if it's in the Old Testament. Read. Take your Bible, read a whole chapter every day. All right. I get up at 530 in the morning so that I can do this. And then I also, I read another book, like a, a, you know, kind of a Bible-based book, um, whatever it might be right now, I'm reading um, Confessions by Augustine, and uh, you know it's it's in old English, so it's hard to get on hold on to, but uh, and get the meaning of what he's trying to to say. But uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, and uh, reading the Word has just meant so much to me, and so I really hope that. You guys will come back next week, Friday, for another edition of Faith Friday. Um, I hope this this has an impact on you uh, because reading the Bible every day has had a a large impact on me. And uh, I would also encourage you, if you haven't, um, something that changed my life and just really changed my perspective on the church and on all different kinds of things— is the documentary uh, American gospel. There's three of them out. I believe watch all of them because they all had a very large impact on my life. Now they are from a Calvinist point of view. Um, If you don't know what a Calvinist point of view is, you'll see it in the video. So, um, you know, you can agree with some things and not agree with other things doesn't mean you you don't believe in Christ it just me- means that you don't be- agree with those particular people but i can tell you it changed my perspective on what it means to be a Christian and a Christ follower. So um, watch that documentary, American Gospel. Uh, I've watched it three, four times, and will probably watch it again and again and again and again because it, it just had such an, an impact on my life. So, guys, I really thank you for for sticking around with me in this podcast. I know it's not normal, for a long care podcast to to read the word of God like this and to go through it. But um I, I really hope that you come back for another episode. I, I really do. Um I'm gonna keep doing it at least through Philippians. Philippians is a pretty short letter or book, whatever you want to call it. It's only four chapters. And you know I'll look at the analytics from there and hopefully we really grow on Faith Fridays because I think it's I think it's a blessing to be able to read the Word of God. There are so many people around the world that cannot read the Word of God. Or like in China, they have one page. Many of them only get one page at a time of the Bible, and they cherish that one page. And um, it, it, the church in China just... It, it blows my mind. But like Paul was saying here, you know, through suffering, the church grows and we've had it in America. The church has had it really easy, really easy. We have had no persecution over the last 150 years. And so, gosh, we're due. We're due people. We're due. So put on your armor. Let's get ready. Let's get ready for some persecution. Let's get ready to grow. All right, guys, that's it for this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes, or you can leave like star reviews now on Spotify. Most of my listeners are on Spotify. So give us a star rating there if you would five stars. If you could, that'd be awesome. But rate us, you know, rate the podcast, what you think it should be. So, um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope this, this episode was a blessing to you and I will see you next Friday for another faith Friday. Peace out. God bless.